Hey everyone, welcome to Grace Community Church of Willow Street's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged with our church, check us out online at gccws.net, or you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. We are praying that it leads you into a growing relationship with Jesus. What do I do? morning. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for another opportunity to worship you this morning. We thank you that you indeed are good and that every circumstance and situation, trial, temptation, and struggle that we face is just another opportunity to see your goodness in our lives. And God, as we gather together in this new space. May we not miss the wonder of your goodness in it to us every week. Let it not become an idol, but that it would be a tool for us to do ministry. That it would be a blessing to us and to all those that walk through the door. And not a blessing that we take and hold on to, but a blessing that we then turn around to become a blessing to others. And God, we pray also for uh, those who are not with us this morning, for the young adults who are worshiping uh, elsewhere. God, we thank you for the ministry that you're doing through through Pastor Paul and all the leaders of the young adult ministry. And we thank you for uh, all that they have learned and explored this weekend as they've uh, looked deeper into what it means to be in mission uh, here in our own lives, but also abroad and in the world, and that global perspective of the church and Christianity. God, we just pray that you would stir the hearts of those young adults whom you are calling into mission, who are, whom you are calling into the mission field. Lord, I pray that, that they would be emboldened to take steps to follow after you in whatever call you have for their lives. We pray this, this weekend that you have deepened their faith, that you would allow them to, to just trust you in new ways, to walk with you, or even just to come to know you if they have not yet. And God, as we, as we think of the global church, as we think of the church beyond just these walls this morning, we know that there are many who are worshiping you uh, just alongside of us this morning and today. We think especially of our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine God, with all the tensions rising, rumors of war, and the strife and unrest in that region, Lord, we pray for peace. We pray for your power and your goodness to reign in the lives of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And Lord, we pray especially for our missionaries there. We pray for wisdom for them to know uh, when to stay and when to flee. We pray protection for them, that if they come upon circumstances that put them in harm's way, Lord, that you would save them, that you would protect them with your strong arm. And Lord, this morning as we look into your word, we pray that it would speak to us, God, that you would speak through Pastor Mike as he preaches, that it would enrich our prayer lives through the scripture that we're tackling today, through these hard sayings of Jesus. 
Lord, challenge us to be bold in our prayers. Challenge us to be consistent. And challenge us to trust you this morning with whatever it is that we are facing and whatever it is that we ask. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning our reading comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. If you would turn with me to Luke 11. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer to him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you very much, Pastor Kevin. I want to also welcome all the Clawson and Whitmer family right here in the front. Good to see you all here today and to be able to share in this wonderful time of dedication and worship together. Well, two weeks ago when we had our first full weekend of services here in the new sanctuary, I got home after the 11 o'clock service and walked in and uh, said to Jenny, as I often do because she's a good evaluator, how do you think it went this weekend? And she looked at me and she said, you need to learn to preach to the balcony. And I said, okay, well, I thought I did that. And then she said, did you see me at the eight o'clock service sitting in the balcony? And I felt like a kid who just got his hand in a candy jar. And uh, I said, oh, were you up there? She said, that's why you need to preach to the balcony. Okay, well, hello there. I'm going to get binoculars so I can call your names out in my sermon as well. But I'm going to really work on looking up and looking down and looking up and looking down. If I do it well, Jenny's over in classroom 203. Stop in and say, he did a great job. If I don't, don't say a word to her. Just let it go for another week. We'll keep working on it. We're in a series called Unfiltered Jesus. It's a teaching series on the hard sayings of Jesus in the Gospels. Why are we doing that? Because the hard sayings of Jesus are invitations to get to know Jesus at deeper and deeper levels. Not surface, not fluff, but I mean solid teaching where we get to know him and understand what his call is, his demands are on our lives. Some of these hard sayings of Jesus are hard to understand. Some of them are hard to swallow. Some of them are confusing to us, and we've always wondered a little bit but never wanted to ask. And so that's where we are, and that's where we're going to be this morning. I want to talk to you about your prayer life. And I want to ask you, how's it going? How's it going? 
How's your prayer life going for you? And you know what I found over the years as a pastor? Whenever that subject comes up, people nervously say, it could be better. And let me just tell you, that's true for me too. The bottom line is, every one of us here today, every one of us here today could be better in the realm of our prayer lives. And so in order to get better, you need to raise the question and you need to talk about prayer. If you're like me, you have probably have a lot of questions about prayer and especially some frustration about your own personal efforts at prayer. In fact, one of Jesus's most concentrated teachings on prayer, and for some people, the most misunderstood teachings on prayer is right here in Luke chapter 11. It's hard for us to understand it at times because it doesn't really reflect our own personal experience with prayer. Follow me again as I read just two verses of Luke chapter 11 and notice the emphasis that I'll give as I read it. So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Get the emphasis there? For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus I did ask, and it doesn't appear to me like you answered. At least I didn't get what I wanted. Jesus, are you serious? You really want me to keep asking and keep asking and keep asking? Why must I keep asking, Jesus? Jesus, if you're good, and, and I believe you are, then why don't you give me what I asked for? Why don't you help me find the things that I'm seeking. As Luke chapter 11 opens, we learn that Jesus himself has just finished praying, most likely inspired by the sight of the master teacher engaged in intense conversation with his heavenly father, one of his disciples, as Luke 11 opens, says, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. He's referring to John the Baptist. Lord, we want to pray. We want to know how this works. Jesus' answer is twofold. First of all, he teaches his disciples what to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. If you were raised in the Roman Catholic tradition, it's called the Our Father. And then, secondly, he teaches them in the balance of Luke 11, 5 through 13, how to pray. He gives them instructions on how to pray and gives some insight on the backdoor prayer, what exactly happens when we pray. And that's where we are this morning. He begins those instructions with a story, and it's an engaging story. A fellow is getting ready for bed, and, and there's suddenly a knock at his door. It's a friend of his, a good friend who's on a journey, and he needs a place to stay that night. Now listen, in first century Palestine, there weren't hotels, there weren't motels. If you needed a place to stay and you were traveling, you went to the nearest home that you knew something about, you had some acquaintance with, you knocked on their door, I need a place to stay. The guy inside wants to be hospitable because that is a high value in first century Palestinian culture. He realizes that part of hospitality is not just giving him a bed, but also giving him something to eat before he goes to bed. He looks in his cupboard, there's no bread left. Oh my word, what am I gonna do? So the word of God says that the guy in that house decides it to be hospitable, he needs to go to a neighbor's house, another friend of his, and ask him, please, can you give me some bread? So the story goes that the guy goes to that house, it's late, 
There is no light on in the house. So he calls out for his friend. Hey, friend, I need some bread. Another friend came and I have nothing to feed him. And then comes the answer from inside the house. Go away. The doors are locked. The kids are in bed. Do you know how hard it is to get the kids in bed? That's a question for Grace Community Church. Do you know how hard it is to get the kids in bed? If you know how hard it is, say amen. amen. Yeah, that's right. Do you know how hard it is to get the kids in I can't get up. I can't risk waking everybody up. Will you please go away? The first fellow refuses. He won't go, he won't go away and he won't give up. Hey, friend. I really need some bread. I really need some bread. I need it. Can you help me? Can you give me some bread? Finally, not on account of friendship, but solely on account of persistence, the guy with the bread gets up and gives it to his friend. Now this story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 11, verses five through eight, is actually called a parable. And a parable is a story that relates spiritual truth in a way that's understandable and also portable. What that means is a parable is meant to teach you in a way that when you walk away from it, you understand something more about God. And when you get home, you know what to do with it and you can immediately apply it in your life. Here in this story, Jesus is teaching us plain truth about how prayer works so that we can take it home today, today, this afternoon, and we can immediately put it into effect so that, now hear me, our prayer lives are not frustrating. And, and can I just say that in play company right now? Sometimes my prayer life is frustrating. Maybe yours as well. So that instead of your prayer life being frustrating, it can be powerful. So here's what Jesus teaches us about prayer and how to pray. When you pray, number one, be persistent. When you pray, be persistent. Say that with me. When you pray, be persistent. The focal point of this simple story that Jesus tells is the persistence of the fellow who needed bread. Why does this story end on a happy note? Because let me tell you, it could have ended on an unhappy note. These guys could have gotten into it, one could have walked away angry that the other one refused to do what he asked him to do. It could have ended very differently. Why did it end on a happy note? Look at verse eight. Because of the man's persistence. That's why it ended on a happy note. The word for persistence that's used in the original language of the Bible in this verse literally means two things, blamelessness or boldness. Blamelessness or boldness. Put them together and you get this kind of shameless boldness. This fellow has a need, and he is shamelessly bold in going to the person that he knows can meet that need and ask and ask and ask again until he gets it met. It's this quality that Jesus is teaching us should be part of our prayer lives. We should be shamelessly bold in going to God and asking him to meet the needs that we know, now hear me, that we know only he can meet. And that's why Jesus says in verse nine, 
So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Persistence in prayer is found in two ways in these verses. Number one, do you notice the ascending scale of urgency that should mark our prayers? Here's what Jesus says. First, ask. Make the request known. Secondly, seek. Put some action into your prayers. Actually believe that God is hearing your prayers and, and actively look for the answer. Thirdly, knock. Make some noise so that you are getting the attention of God and doing what he asked you to do. Ask, seek, knock. Together they indicate a real desire to be heard and answered in some way by our Father in heaven. Now, when we were raising our four girls at home, and Jenny would say, can you get the girls down here? And they were in the second floor in their bedrooms. I'd go over and I'd say, girls? And, you know, i just kind of call them down. And more times than not, nothing happened. So I'd walk over to the first step. Now, watch the sound volume right now. And I'd yell up the steps, girls! And nothing happened. So you know what I did now? You know what I did? I texted them. <laughs> I'm not going to use my energy to walk up the steps. Oh, my goodness, no. I texted them. And you know what would happen? Down they come. One, two, three, four. Yeah. So you ask, then you seek, then you knock, and you make some noise. Secondly, and, and we don't see this immediately, the tense of the verb, ask, seek, knock, and I'm going to get real nerdy here for just about 30 seconds, although I could do that for a whole day. I get real nerdy for a day, but just nerdy for 30 seconds. The tense of the verb, and you don't need to remember this because no one's going to ask you, is present imperative. You know what that means? It means that when Jesus is teaching this truth in verse 9, he's saying, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. That's so important. Because you see, this is persistent, passionate, and intense prayer. Some people believe that our prayer request should be once and done. So here's what they say. You ask God one time, don't go back and don't bother him anymore. You've said what has to be said. He knows what has to be done. That's it. Sounds logical. But let me tell you something. That's an old wives' tale. Because Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus doesn't say that. Some people say, well, you know, I pray about it every now and again. Friends, that kind of indicates some indifference. It's sort of like, when it comes to my mind, I'll pray about it, but if I have this long stretch of time, like January to December, when I don't think about it, I'm not going to pray about it. Listen, Jesus is saying, when there is a need in your life, pray and keep praying. That's why the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17, pray continually. This is a call to sincere and engaged prayer for reasons, now hear me, for reasons known only to God. 
we are called to be persistent in our prayer lives and persistent in asking God. Now, that leads to a second truth about prayer. And the second truth is simply this. When you pray, expect an answer. Say that with me. When you pray, expect an answer. Look at verse 10. In verse 10, Jesus says, For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus is saying that when you pray, you will be heard, and an answer will be given to you. Now, this, friends, is not an absolute pledge that you get everything you want in your life. Listen, God is not your genie in a bottle that you rub and you say, open says me, do this for me, God, and God does this. God does not operate, you know, like a Harry Potter series with a magic wand and you wave it over and whatever you think, whatever you desire, you get. God is not your heavenly grandfather and you are your only earthly child and whatever you say to your heavenly grandfather, he gives it to you because you are his only child and he indulges you completely and fully. That is not how prayer works. This is a promise that our persistent prayers will be heard and God will answer them according to his will and our faith. Remember that all of scripture from Genesis through Revelation is inspired by God. If you have a Bible where Jesus's words are in the red, those are not just God's words. They are God's word along with all the black print as well, which means that any and every part of Scripture can be used to help interpret any and every other part of Scripture. So I want you to look with me this morning at 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the assurance that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, that if we ask anything according to his will, that if we ask anything according to his will, say that with me, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. The key in prayer is that we ask according to his will. Now hear me when I say this. God answers prayers in any number of ways. Sometimes God says, yes. And we say, praise the Lord. Because we get what we want. May I just say to you this morning that back in the studio, in the sound room, there were a whole lot of people saying praise the Lord because God said yes about five minutes into this service. When the sound came back on. Whole lot of rejoicing back there. God said yes. You know that, don't you? We all have testimonies. God says yes. Now here's the deal. It gets a little harder, okay? Because sometimes God says, what do you think is next? Oh, it's up on the screen. <laughs> God says no. Classic story of God saying no is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, 
where the word of God tells us that the apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Now, I praise the Lord that that Paul did not tell us what the thorn in the flesh was, that he left it open-ended, very general, because then we can fill in the blank because anytime we have a thorn in the flesh and that thorn could have a person's name attached to it or a situation in life attached to it, we understand this truth to be true. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. This is what he says in verses 7 through 10 of 2 Corinthians 12. I pleaded with God three times to remove it. Three times I prayed. And God said no. God said no. God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And at the very end in verse 10, the word of God says, for when you are weak, you are strong. Can I just say something to you this morning? Check me on this. The times in my life when I have grown the most in my relationship with Jesus, where I've put down the deepest amount of faith, is not on the mountaintop, but in the valley. When I've gone through suffering, when I've cried out to God, when I've asked him for certain things, basically, God, would you please deliver me? Would you please take this away? And God has said, no, no, I want you to experience my grace at a deeper level. I want you to come to understand that as you trust in me, my power is made perfect in your weakness, Mike. Man, I don't want to be weak, Lord. No, I want, I want to forge something in you that otherwise would not be forged in you. Sometimes God says no. Now listen, thirdly, sometimes God says, let me help you with that request. Let me help you with that request. I don't know about you, but I'll just be honest with you, very vulnerable. Often where I begin with prayer is I begin where I want to be. <laughs> I begin with what I want, okay? This is what I want, God, okay? So this week, on Monday, Katie was teaching, Katie's our oldest daughter, she was teaching our grandchildren about how God is always with us. And she was teaching them, Cam is six years old, he's in kindergarten, Gray is almost four, and Macy is, is almost two, and then the baby is due in two weeks. We don't know what her name is going to be. I have names, but they don't like my name, so I'm not sure. I've offered Bertha, Maud, Olive, they've said no, no, no. So we'll see, we'll see. But they have three children, and she's teaching the kids, God is with you everywhere you are. And what that means, what that means, Cam, Gray, Macy, is that you can always ask him for help. He's always there. So she turns to Cam and she says, Cam, if you're having a bad moment in school, what can you say to God? And without blinking, he says, Lord, please send me home. Yeah. She texted that to the family chat, and I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. This is, I'm working on this sermon. It's Monday. That's, that's exactly what I was looking for. That's my boy. <laughs> Lord, please send me home. Now, you know, that's not where we want to land, but it's where often we begin, right? Because we're all children of the Heavenly Father. So we start with what we think is the best. And you know what God says? Let me help you. I think Katie did this. Let me help you with that request. And this is the beautiful part about prayer. If you persist in prayer, instead of once and done, now and then, if you persist, you are entering into relationship 
where God shapes and molds your prayer, shaves it off, sands it down, gets it to the place where it reflects his will rather than your will. And that's one of the beautiful things about praying persistently. Do you realize, did you ever think about this? Prayer is not about you getting an answer from God. Prayer is about you getting to know God in a way that you've never known him before. That's what prayer is about. There is one more way that God answers prayer. God says, in my time. We don't like that. Because we like it now. Now, God, now, now. There's a story from the 19th century, 19th century British evangelist and orphanage founder and leader, George Mueller, in 1844, decided to begin to pray for the salvation of five of his close friends. Mueller writes that 18 months in to persistent, faithful prayer, he saw the first of those friends come to Christ. Three and a half years later, five years in, he saw the second friend come to faith in Christ. The next year, sixth year, he saw the third friend come to faith in Christ. 53 years later, in 1897, in quick succession, the last two friends came to faith in Christ, and Mueller was already in heaven. Persistent, faithful prayer. Don't give up. You know what's interesting about that story? As I stand by a gravesite and I conduct a, a burial service for a saint of God, I will often cite a scripture from Revelation 14 that talks about how the works of the saints do follow them. Do you realize, you know, when Mike Sigmund dies, God is not going to pull my folder and shred it and say, well, he's gone. That's the end of that. You know, I'm going to be with him, but somehow and in ways only known to God, because it's, it's, it's his powerful way, my works, the good things I've done, the prayers that I've offered will continue to be effective because I planted seeds. Because I'm praying for my grandchildren, praying for my great-grandchildren years off that they will know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Man, Leon Morris, a Bible scholar and commentator, has written, true prayer is neither unheard nor unheeded. It is always answered in the way God sees is best. And that leads me to the very last lesson about prayer this morning. When you pray, know that God's answer, know that God's answer is God's best for you. Jesus makes that point in verses 11 through 13 as he appeals to fathers with an if you do this, how much more will God do this challenge? Listen again to these simple verses. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? You, if you then know who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What in the world does that mean? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Listen, this is what it means. If you as a father, Mike Sigmund, know how to give good gifts to Katie and Carolyn and Amanda and Lydia, 
if you know how to do that, how much more does the one who fearfully and wonderfully made you, who loves you more than anyone could love you, how much more does your Father in heaven know how to give good gifts to you? And listen, when you pray, when you bring your needs to the Lord, even, even if they're beginning at a selfish point, you know what he'll do? He'll give you his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit, who is the helper, will either answer your prayers or you get a yes. We'll say no, so you go deeper. Or we'll help you change those prayer requests so that they more perfectly reflect what he wills for you. How much more will God do this for you? The point is this, God knows what the best answer is for every request you make, and he absolutely will not withhold his best. If you ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. When you pray, be persistent. When you pray, expect an answer. When you pray, know that God's answer is God's best for you. So let me ask you some questions this morning. First of all, how's your prayer life? And if you say, well, it could be better, then we're in the same boat. I might be, I don't know how many inches I am ahead of, above you now, but it's all for the balcony. You know, that's how high I am. But I am on the same place that you are. I am on the same level ground. I am no different than you. Listen, if you are struggling, if you are frustrated, if you're trying to make efforts in prayer, but you don't feel like you're going anywhere, it's okay. Admit that. Because I want to tell you something. Prayer is hard work. It really is. And it requires some work on all of our parts in our individual lives and as a church to be faithful in prayer. So let me ask you two questions very specifically. Let me kind of get very personal here, okay? First of all, do you pray? And I don't want you to jump up and give an answer, and you don't want to. But here's the deal. Sermons like this are kind of spiritually wonderful, and we like to hear about prayer. But, you know, listen, they don't mean a thing unless you pray. And I know how it is. Alarm goes off, you hit the snooze button. Goes off again, you hit the snooze button. Then you get up, and you look at the time, and you think, oh, my word, I don't barely have time to get dressed. And, you know, and you hit the car, and you think, well, I am pray in the car on the way. And then you, Starbucks line is shorter than you anticipated, and you grab the coffee, and before you know it, you're at the office, and you haven't prayed yet. But you know what? I'm going to pray tonight. And you get home. You know, that'd be sort of like me saying, I'm going to pray at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Folks, at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, you know what I'm doing? I'm sleeping, you know? <laughs> I'm exhausted. And you are too when you get home from work. So here's the deal. Do you pray? And it's okay for you to admit to God wherever you are in your prayer life and then decide that you're going to add prayer into your life. And listen, you know, if you're at zero or one right now, don't try to go to like 30 minutes a day because you're going to die on the vine. So this is what you do. 
You, you create a prayer list that's very simple. Here's my simple prayer list, and until I can't remember anymore, this is, this is how I begin. And then I have other prayer lists as well, but this is my simplest one. Jenny, Katie Brent, Cam, Gray, Macy, Baby, Carolyn, Amanda, Lydia. And some days that takes a while. And basically, if, if you're not praying right now, just start there. Just start there. You know, for the Whitmer family, don't add every niece and nephew. You're going you know, to be there all morning, you know. That's a long family, but you can add them over time. Unless that's true for all of you. That's the first question. Do you pray? Okay? Second question is this. If you pray on a scale one to ten, are you bold, persistent, confident? One being not at all, 10 being very much. Are you bold in asking? Are you persistent in continuing to ask until God answers? And are you confident that God who knows what is best for you will answer. How's your prayer life? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that, first I want to thank you, Jesus, that you have been so faithful to me over the years because I have not always had the kind of prayer life that I know you want me to have and, and, and in my humanity I struggle with that. And I suspect that that's true of my, my brothers and sisters, my friends who are here this morning. We want to have a vital, powerful, effective prayer life. And so this morning, my prayer is that you would do that for everyone who's here. I don't know who in this crowd and online isn't currently regularly daily praying you do. You want to hear from them, and I pray that this morning they would be inspired to begin that, that faithful, regular prayer just with a simple list of their closest and most immediate family. And then just watch how you take that and just expand it to needs beyond the immediate, into the extended, into the church family, into the world. So I pray that you would jumpstart prayer lives today. Secondly, Lord, I want to pray for all who are praying that they would pray boldly, persistently, confidently at deeper and deeper levels based on what you've taught us in your word. I just want to thank you today for making clear to us in your word what your expectation is about prayer and for clearing up some things about the fact that you do answer. It's just how we regard your answers. You do hear. It's just that we need to be persistent in talking. So have your way this morning. Transform us and our prayer lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening to today's message and choosing to spend some time with us. 
To get more information about Grace Community Church, our service times and location, check out our website at gccws.net.